welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce our crew. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the uh, video portion of our show, uh, we have a special guest today. We have uh, James Cavill, MyMedicare.Live. So thanks for being back on the on the show, uh, James, and for being a sponsor. Appreciate it. Also, we have a retired Sergeant Jamie Borden with Critical Incident Review at CriticalIncidentReview.com. So thanks a lot. And also, yes, another retired Leo, Danny King. And hey, Danny has also does some work with uh, Critical Incident Review, uh, but uh, the uh, the other, the other site, your site, Patrolman, uh, help me out, Danny. I know I've got it on a clicker, but I don't have that screen in front of me. And um, how can people find you, Danny? AmericanPatrolman.com. AmericanPatrolman.com. Thanks. Uh, more information about that coming up later, guys. A shout out to our sponsors, Motion, DSP, Gulls. We have GlobalOrdinance.com, Gunler.com, on Medicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Matter of fact, today I've got the Sweet Iced Tea. And, uh, yeah, Bang has sweet iced tea. So they've been taken over, of course, acquired by Monster Energy. They've got new cans coming out. They're going to be all white in color. They've got new logos. It's just it's just some really great stuff going on. So uh, stay tuned for more information about that. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com. Thanks for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. You know, we're streaming the eight locations right now. No, YouTube is not one of those. We've replaced them with Rumble. But three of the locations, those three Facebook pages alone from Red Voice Media have one million followers. So, yeah, we're not missing YouTube too much at all. Now, look, we're having a contest today. We're having two free giveaways. Those are $50 Gauls gift cards. So in order to enter, there's two things you can do at the bottom of the hour. So look, this is a live show. This is only good during the live show. So. Um, we are live Eastern time, 12 to 1 o'clock. So at 1230, when we're on our commercial break, right around 1230, we're going to go the commercial, but we're going to give out the number and I'll have a scroll ticker going across the bottom of the screen as well. So I don't know what caller number we'll take today. What do you want to take today, Jimmy, for that free golf skip- giveaway? I'm going to be generous and go with caller number five. Caller number five on that. So we will let you know at the bottom of the hour, that's going to be roughly around two, uh, 1230 when we're going to do that contest. And that's Eastern time at the end of the show. Everybody who typed in the name Galls, it's G-A-L-L-S. If you type it into the stream, if you're watching it, we're on Twitter, we're at Rumble, uh, five Facebook pages, uh, we're on LinkedIn. So all those guys, streamers, if you type in the word Galls, the computer will pick that up, we'll run a contest, you'll be able to watch it, it'll pick a winner from that. Now, no repeat winners from this month. So yeah, if you've already won this month, don't enter it again. Uh, But uh, that said, as long as you haven't won this month, You can do that call-in contest, and you can also do the one on the computer. But we can't have the same. Yeah, you can't. You can't do. Do you can't win both? So yeah, don't do that. All right. So that said, uh, we got some great content coming up. And again, don't forget to type in the word "galls" on the stream. Uh, Let's go to our first main topic. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. So let's see what we got here. Uh, And I know Danny King is waiting for this one. Lawofficer.com. Larry Elder schools the Breakfast Club on. Look, they say it's a um, systemic systemic racism is what they're talking about. Larry Elder, he's running for president, and while the article says it's going to be a long shot that he'll even make the debate stage, his data-driven approach to the issues facing America, it's needed now more than ever. I actually have to agree. Elder is smart, he's black, and while he can only, spe- while we can only speculate uh, why the mainstream media is ignoring him, one only has to watch his appearance on The Breakfast Club to understand why his voice is being silenced. So, Former police officer Brandon Tatum, you know, he was, uh, what, a cop out in, uh, in Arizona, and now he's got his own thing going, the, the Brandon Tatum show. He posted another clip, and it's, it's a must-watch. I agree. So 
this guy, Charlemagne, who has the breakfast club, who I really, my wife's familiar with him. I'm not. Uh, but in the, in the dialogue, in the exchange, he says, he says, uh, if there's systemic racism in this country, um, like in a form of a question and Larry Elder responds, Hey, no, I don't uh, say there is, you're the one saying that there is, I don't believe it. And Larry Elder goes on to say, Hey, tell me what you think the number one example of systemic racism is in America. And Charlemagne says, uh, man, there's so many, like so many to choose from, right? Larry Elder says, well, what's the most important one that you think of? So the most important uh, example of systemic racism that Charlemagne can think of is mass incarceration. Now, Larry Elder goes, really? And uh, and here and then he goes in this tirade. Well, I shouldn't say tirade. It, it's just a fact-driven, um, informative uh, rant, for lack of a better word, on on disproving what Charlemagne said. And he says, and now and now we act as if Barack Obama never even got elected, and we're still talking about systemic racism. It's not fair. It's wrong, and you're discouraging black people from, from working hard. And that's what Larry Elder is uh, telling Charlemagne. It, it, it really is a must-watch. There's so much fact-driven data. Uh, by Larry Elder. It, it's pretty impressive to watch. And the guy, well, I didn't realize the guy was this sharp. That guy is sharp. He should be on the debate stage for, for the for the presidency. Uh, Danny King, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Well, so if you watch the uh, the video, and it, there's two realities. There's the reality of statistics, and then there's the reality of the streets. Um, as a police officer, I would go to court uh, every day, um, almost every day. And you're sitting there, and it, the inmates or the people that are in there for court aren't there for reasons of systemic racism. So when we talk about systemic racism in the first place, what they're telling me is, is that as a black police officer, I work in a system that I don't even recognize is stacked against the black man. Um, and while there's a, there's a great many problems with the United States, the reality is, is that I'm in court for a dude who went in to steal a, um, uh, a case of Modelo beer. You know what I mean? Not the system held him back, not all any of these other things. Um, and so, you know, when you watch that clip, it's, it's actually kind of eye opening because the gal that's on there keeps interrupting Larry as he's delivering this information. And he's saying, Hey, listen, look at in Baltimore with the Freddie Gray incident. You have black police officers, uh, black judges, black mayors. Um, and, and, and she keeps screaming, Oh, well, they're not in charge of the system. They're not in charge of the system. Those are the very people that are in charge of the system, you know, so uh, Larry Elder, I love uh, listening to him. He's a bright guy. And I can tell you that the facts that he talks about mirrors the realities of the street. Wow. Yeah, pretty impressive. And and Jamie, you pointed out, I think before the show, um, I think it was you that pointed out that the, the, the lack of response, you know, from 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 the host. Right. And and here's what I what I got from both the Twitter feed and from uh, the podcast that was highlighting the podcast that was uh, interviewing the subject of, of this podcast. I what I realized is all of the factual information, which really comes across like foundational common sense, if you think about it, when you listen to him talk. Uh, you, it, it doesn't seem overwhelmingly scientific. It's just the facts. Like Danny said, it's, it's 
what's happening in the streets right now here and today. And when you when you talk about it at a foundational level like that, what I realized is the host of that show had no input. It was it was all shrouded in. Well, there's so many to well, just name one. Name one thing systemically that's affecting racism in our country. That's that's guiding um, the uh, guiding the ship where anyone who's involved in it, black, white, Hispanic, um, whatever whatever the race is. What what is it systemically that's all of this is being focused towards uh, our black population in some way? And there's there's a lot of books out on this that are are very informative, but the way that Larry Elder speaks about this information is so foundational. And he's not. I made a note here, and you talked about a rant, and I understand that terminology. But he's not on a rant. I go on a rant, and my blood dander gets buffed up, and Danny, Danny has talked me off the ledge a lot of times. And it's because I'm so engaged in my belief system that I, I, I lack the ability to remain foundational. Larry Elder's not that guy. He, he is in, in, in the mode of FTF, which I learned in a, <laughs> an, AEL, an AELE conference. He's fighting the feeling to lash out. He never lashes out at someone. He remains foundational. He remains informational. And he remains commonsensical. And that's, to me, those co- the, the combination of those things from him, it is just like Danny said, it's a complete eye opener. And I'll tell you what, man, this guy's got my vote. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's headed down the right direction as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're, you're right. I, I, I used the wrong word, rant. It didn't even sound right when I said it, but you're right. He was in control the whole time. I know that he was... Um, he, he really challenged, uh, I guess, Charlemagne. I'm not familiar with Charlemagne or, the, or the, really the Breakfast Club, first time I've really seen this. But my wife said he, he calls himself Charlemagne the God, I, I think is what she said. If, if maybe you guys, I see a little chuckle from Jim Cavill. But, um, but uh, yeah, he was, he was totally, I think, uh, he was out, I, I don't know if I should say out of his element, but he didn't have a response. I think he was outschooled on this one. Uh, but I do know that Larry Elder was disappointed that, when Charlemagne was talking, like when when uh, Joe Biden you know, was saying things that that really challenged or insulted the black community, that he didn't take up for the community or even or even call you know Biden on it when he was making insinuations and stuff. And then finally, Charlemagne reached the point where he said, "Well, what what could I've done? What what should I've done? Or what would you have done?" And then Larry Elder told him exactly what what he would have done. And and it, and it, it was very controlled, very educational, very informative, and, and man, I, I couldn't turn it off. In fact, it was so long. Brandon Tatum, who was playing this on his show, um, said he wants to do a part two. It was just there was just really too much to do in, in one viewing. Brandon Tatum is is the is one of the few cops that have made the successful transition to national uh, co- news commentary, uh, kind of like Joe, uh, uh, Dan Bongino is the other one that I can think of. New York Cop, Secret Service, and now of course he's. You know, nationally syndicated as well. Um, and if you think about what all these guys have in common, with much much like what was going on 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 the Leo Roundtable, it's it's grounded and uh, and sensible police officers that have been involved in the realities of dealing with crime. Again, when when an officer's out dealing with crime, they're not looking at at race. In, in and and listen racism still exists in some level but it's not the way it's being purported by these voices nationally well thanks jamie hey guys uh, i know we got some open mics but uh stay tuned we got a first commercial break we will be right back you know motion dsp they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software 
Emotion DSP software is easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to achieve results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction, designed to work with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly analyze and process any video file format using Pathet super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from just low-quality video in minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you haven't been there before, go to motiondsp.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live in the Boss Hawk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, on the uh, commercial break, we got our streamers typing in con, uh, comments. Jim and Mary uh, Rigo, um, some interesting stuff, uh, good comments. And, of course, we have a lot of people entering that free Gauls gift giveaway by typing in the word Gauls in the stream. That's G-A-L-L-S in order to get that $50 Gauls gift card, which is going to be uh, coming in at least for the uh, phone call in. Uh, what, we've got about maybe uh, eight minutes or so. So um, maybe, I'm sorry, six and a half minutes. So that said, uh, Jim Cavill, the floor is yours. Chip, I just wanted to make a follow-up comment uh, regarding that interview. And, uh, you know, of course, when I was in law enforcement for about 11 and a half years, you know, I, I did work in the city, of course, and there were concerns that, you know, needed to be addressed for folks uh, maybe with uh, in, the, in the lower income areas that had concerns about opportunity. But now working in the private sector, I primarily work with doctors uh, that, that deal in different things. A lot of them are from different countries, uh, uh, African-American, Indian, white, I mean, all, all different, you know, races and whatnot. And it's funny because the higher people go up on the ladder of success, the less these things come up. So everybody's pulling up to a meeting, their valet parking at Ocean Prime, pulling up in Porsches and Mercedes. And guess what? Racism and lack of opportunity is not what we're talking about when we're at happy hour. We're talking about investments and business opportunities. So I think these conversations are to keep the people in the lower income levels stirred up and busy so they can't see what else is going on. That's interesting, Jim. I hadn't really thought about that but of course i'm not going to ocean prime with doctors and, and, and you know and the likes but that's 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 interesting uh, where the car the conversation where it's actually occurring at so no oh, interesting good thinking point well guys um if there's no more commentary on this and it's a great it's a good article a good first article to jump into let's uh oh jamie did you have something else you wanted to add no no. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, I saw your I saw your mic open up, so I thought maybe you wanted to interject. So no, I, I just and I, I I try to contemplate what I'm going to say just to to be thoughtful about it. But one of the things that and one of the mantras that I focus in on, just like uh, Jim said, if you're worried about what's going on around you, you're not focused on your own improvement, your own pathway. And what I see is and and he nailed that is that. I even even in the the field that myself and and my colleague Danny King are working in right now, I can't look outside of the walls that I'm that I'm working within in terms of competition because we in in my opinion we can't afford to compete 
with people in the similar genre, we have to we have to hope and pray that they get their training, that they get their message across and their expertise. And if you focus on that pathway, instead of looking outside at all of the perceived improprieties, you will cover that path. And soon you will be the person sitting in that meeting, pulling up in a Porsche or whatever it is. But it's it, it's very it, it's very pointed uh, that he said that they're keeping the lower stream stirred up. Um, and, and really, that's not on anyone else. It's on the people that that are struggling for their income to focus on the pathway ahead of them, make their lives better in whatever way they can. And I'm going to tell you right now, it isn't easy. Danny was born in the hood, grew up in that environment, as did I. My family did not have a lot of money. I've been working full time since I was 14 and I've been focused on that pathway. Wow. Yeah. That you know, great. it's it's sad because you, if you tell a young black man that the system is against him, uh, then why try? I mean, why even try it? It's life is hard enough uh, in 2023 uh, to survive and um, to tell him that there's this mythical being that's going to keep his his thumb on him and, and you won't be able to get any further in life. Uh, it's just it's a horrible thing. So um, it, but, it, you know, in, in terms of that show, Charlemagne, um, he's relatively popular. He's like a uh, uh, chip the block, but famous. And um, he uh, he will actually ask, <laughs> they will actually ask you know questions and, and they're not as closed off as they seem uh, but you know at the same time it's um, it, it's not a it's not a bad show and they they bring a lot of people on there. You know my goal I, has been to make you feel comfortable on the show and I think I have succeeded. I think there's little doubt that you have a comfort level now on the show or if you can crack jokes like that. So, so I'm, I, I, I am pleased that, that you feel comfortable enough and, and I will, I will take one for and the you team. reciprocate. Yeah, no, 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 no. Just because you've been sending me private messages wanting to know if I will give you the access to take over Jimmy's microphone. That's just going to stay between you and me. Not going to happen. <laughs> no. All right. Producer Jimmy had to chime in. So guys, we've got less than two minutes. Um, and, uh, uh, we're gonna, before we talk about the, the next topic, why don't you go and give out that phone number so people can write it down and I'll have it ticking across the screen, but they don't tell them when they need to call in too, Jimmy. Right. All right. So here we go. Brothers and sisters. It is eight, six, three, two, two, five, two thousand. Once again, eight, six, three, two, two, five, two thousand. Wait until you hear call now. When you hear call now, well, of course, call now. Right. So that is a little over a minute away when we go to our next commercial break. So, look, that said, I'm going to whet your appetites with this article and go through as much of it as I can. So on Police One, Illinois officer who stole a $15 shirt in, back in 2008, decertified by the state, barred from working as a cop. So, yeah, we're in Riverside, Illinois. Former um, Cicero police officer Zena Ramos freely and remorsefully admits that she stole a T-shirt 15 years ago. And uh, kind of curious what you guys think about what she's going through because of that. Now, she said that she had just escaped an unsafe living condition with her young child, uh, didn't ha did not have clothes uh, when she said that she took the shirt worth uh, $14.99. But Ramos, she's 37 years old, does not think it's fair for the cheap shirt um, it, because it's now derailing her career. So in April, the Illinois Law Enforcement Training and Standards Board had blocked her from certification as she transferred from the Riverside Police Department, citing the theft. So that's the justification you're using for it. So, guys, it's time to do that commercial uh, break. And you guys are going to what, Jimmy? Call in? 
That's right. Call now. 863-225-2000. Call now. All right, guys. Hey, it is time to talk about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. And certainly by now, if you guys have been watching our show for any amount of time, you're familiar with the new Galls. Again, Galls.com slash Leo. Look, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. They have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything uh, for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So Galls.com slash Leo. Now, notice I said uniform and clothing. Wow. You know, even my former agency and actually where uh, Jim used to work at, you know, we've gone through a couple of uniform companies that simply were not getting the job done. All kinds of issues. Now, if you go to the Tampa Police Department, the second floor lobby, they have a Gauls office right on the second floor lobby. And they're absolutely killing the uniform program. And uh, I wish we would have had them, you know, a long time ago. So Gauls.com slash Leo, especially if you need a uniform program, please check them out, guys. It'll be uh, worth your time now. It takes us to our newest sponsor. It is Global Ordnance at globalordnance.com. So get ready for a coupon code from Global Ordnance. They're your ultimate destination for ammunition. Globalordnance.com provides high-quality ammunition for all of your shooting needs, ensuring precision, reliability, and unmatched performance. So for a limited time, they're offering free shipping. That's right, free shipping on all ammo orders that are over $200 for their exclusive coupon code, which just happens to be Leo Roundtable. So visit globalordinance.com today. Visit their or explore their wide selection of ammo. Use coupon code Leo Roundtable for free shipping on your order. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live in the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we left off talking about an Illinois officer stole a $15 shirt back in 2008. She was decertified by the state, barred from working uh, as a cop. And the decert- we just talked about the Illinois Law Enforcement Training Standards Board. Uh, they decertified her when she was transferred from the Department of the Riverside Police Department. The state police certification authority told an attorney for the, for the suburb that the law compelled them to find and uh, I guess compelled the finding that they made of decertifying her and the misdemeanor charge that Ramos faced would harm her ability to effectively serve as an officer because it would potentially make her court testimony not credible with jurors. So the Riverside leaders are pushing back against the decision. The board um, has the power to certify Ramos, they argue, and she deserves a second chance. Now, Ramos was certified as a police officer back in August of 2021 after being hired by the Cicero Police Department and completing the Cook County Sheriff's Office Police Academy. She decided to leave the Cicero Police Department because she preferred um, to the pace of policing in Riverside. I don't know what that means if Riverside is slower or more active, uh, but she sensed that she had, Jamie knows apparently, you'll shed some light on that, and she said that she had more time to give people full attention. Yeah, it sounds to me it's a little bit more lax over there, right? So after taking Riverside's entrance exam and going through the interviews, she became the number two candidate on the department's list of potential officers. The department hired her the day before Valentine's Day this year and immediately put her in the field training program. But in late March, after the training, the standards board sent the letter with questions about her background, the Riverside um, seeking recertification. That's when the department responded with a letter acknowledging um, that the 2000 theft charges had occurred 
and that they were aware of it and accepted her. So the board responded with a decision in April denying her recertification as a cop, noting that it could only approve applicants with good character and free of disqualifying convictions. And uh, it went on to say that theft was a disqualifying misdemeanor under Illinois state law. It also um, cited the uh, safety criminal justice law, law reform uh, that is in place and said that it was characterized as a crime of moral turpitude. And, uh, you know, that's some, that's some serious stuff in law enforcement. Uh, past behavior is a predictor of future behavior, according to the general counsel, Patrick Haney. kind of goes on and on, but without, you know, wasting any more time on this, I think we've got the gist of it here. Uh, guys, your feelings on, on her, you know, it never would have come up if she wouldn't have wanted to switch agency. So, Jamie, what kind of a light can you shed on us? Well, so it, it brings up these questions. And first of all, if you look at the intention behind that, and, and if her statements are true, I've not done any kind of investigation on this. But if she was leaving a safe house because of unsafe living conditions, there's a survival component to that. And I'll tell you right now that as an officer, and I, I, and I know that I speak for Danny as well, we worked on the same department for years and years. Uh, there were people that uh, committed some sort of theft where they they simply weren't arrested for it because there was no malevolent intention behind it. It was a survival thing. Um, and, and we officers remain uh, the they remain in control of their own discretion on on the street. And we're not we aren't mandated by anyone to make an arrest for anything outside of domestic violence. So the and, and there's some variables to that, of course. But I want you to think about and compare this to now the hiring process and the background, the background testing that goes on with uh, individuals and and think about the people that are actually getting this job in it, in complete spite of their background history, where this type of thing doesn't even measure on the scale. This is a person who signed up, who took the oath, who's got, um, to my knowledge, and based on this article, no other issues and history of theft or any of these types of things. And and I really, if you're looking at it through the lens, and, and this is where we run into trouble in law enforcement, that lens is so specific about the black and white aspect of the law. We're losing a good officer in this in this person based on the information that I know at this point. We're, we're losing someone because they made a decision based on survival uh, where a $14 shirt was taken. Um, and and I, do, do I condone it? No, not necessarily. But you've got to look at the totality of facts and circumstances in that, just like we have to in every other case, that we look at. I'll tell you right now that there's a, a, a very good chance that had she not been an officer when that happened, that there would be no prosecutorial merit and nobody would have charged her with it anyways. So it, it just things to think about. Well, let me ask you, Jamie, the fact, let's say that she stole it. Let's say that there, let's just say that there's not even an issue with, with the theft, but hiring a, hiring a cop, that does not have credibility, potentially credibility in court because of the theft. How, how do you, how do we get past that? Credibility in the court, in, in in all of my experience, first of all, this is 15 years ago or more at this point, 2008. Um, show me a cop that hasn't made a mistake that could affect him on the stand. But that's they don't, what we're talking about. But I mean, but how do you prove that? But we're talking about something that's in the legal system where, you know, she was, you know, committed a theft that that's on the books, you know, right. I so, mean, and, and we've and all done things a, that are wrong, but, but we haven't all done things that are, or, or where we got, you know, 
jammed up criminally because of it either. You know? Sure. And, and listen, I, I, I get it. And it's not I'm not condoning theft and I'm not condoning something um, that is morally incorrect. But look at the totality of the facts and circumstances and what she, what position she was in at the time. Could it affect her credibility on the stand? She was honest about it. She was arrested for it or, or she was charged with it, whatever the case is. Um, credibility through Brady and those types of scenarios are more based on truthfulness and your ability to testify uh, to the truth or the honest components of that case. And and I'm sure Danny's got something to add to this, but in my opinion, and look at how this shadows against the next story where the officer was supporting a gang member in murderous behavior, right? I mean, bad cops exist, true. Um, but look at the totality of the facts and circumstances on this. I just, I feel like we're potentially losing a good officer that's committed to this job in an environment where it's hard to find good officers. So she um, it, she was actually arrested and convicted and put on supervised release for another petty larceny in 2003, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And um, the the bigger lesson here is, um, you know, as a police officer, you're going to handle a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to um, uh, to steal things, um, sadly enough. I, you know, you're dealing with evidence. There's times where I'm counting out fifty, sixty thousand dollars in a, in a dope house. When I was a canine handler, I uh, I drove around with uh, you know a couple pounds of meth and and coke and heroin for my dog um, that I I had with me all day every day. And um, you know, it's one of those things that's understood. You cannot have these uh, convictions and be a police officer. So. The greater lesson for me is uh, anyone who's being an idiot now and you're thinking about the future, those things will catch up with you. And this is unfortunately one of those things that uh, that caught up with her both in 2003 and in 2008. And on the other side, but when you think of it from a human perspective, can a person reform themselves? Um, Can they be a better person? And I think that most social justice people would tell you that I've met a lot of people who were in prison. Uh, I call them family members um, and they I'm not sure have reformed themselves, but I can tell you that I've met a lot of people that have reformed themselves. So, yeah, the things that you do early on in life don't necessarily um, uh, dictate who you are now. But, you know, unfortunately, this is one of those things that happened in 2003 and again in, in 2008. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I did not know about the uh, the 2003. How old was she in 2003, Danny? Was that a juvenile? I'm more of an English guy, so I can't, I don't, I can't do the math on that, but okay. uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how old she is. Um, or th- I guess she's 37. Or, or, yeah, I think uh, she was an adult. They, and yeah. they breezed over that in the article. I, I, you know what? I picked up on that, and I, I, I tell you, I, I was wondering whether it was a, there was a misprint, whether they were talking about the same thing, but you're right. The dates, there were, it, it, it appeared that there were like two different offenses. And because they, right around the time they pointed it out, they said that the past is the best predictor of future behavior. And so when they said that, I thought, eh, you know what, they're probably tying in the former one with the with the current one and saying that, you know, once a thief, always a thief or something along those lines. So. And and if it's if that's the case, then absolutely. And, and I, I and honestly, I didn't 
calculate in the previous my I, my thoughts were that that was the only scenario and that could change things i just i know right now and the consideration i want to throw out there to folks is look at the caliber of people we're getting right now regardless of their background and 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 what they're what we're pulling into law enforcement and we're we're taxed with it so it, i think it if if they've come to that decision so be it however i think it requires a deeper analysis in in, in an effort to keep cops on the street and, and you know and look guys people watch the show look what a boring show this would be if we all if we all say yeah i look a ditto on what jamie said ditto on what <laughs> danny said you know jim <laughs> You know, I mean, what a boring show, right? So, so what I just want to throw out is, is that uh, my personal feeling is kind of like I view it like I do a pastor that has an affair with somebody's counseling. He may get his act together again, but I think that he should never be a pastor of a church again. Having a higher standard for law enforcement, um, I believe in that. I, you know, even if she got her act together, um, I personally, as a chief or sheriff, would not hire somebody knowing that there could be a problem with them testifying in court. Uh, based on what they've done in the past. It would not do my agency justice. But um, next commercial break, we'll be right back. All right, guys, hey, it's time to talk about GunLearn at GunLearn.com. And, you know, you guys are probably familiar with panelist Dan O'Kelly. That's his company. Uh, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. And GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company to offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. They provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since Sunday 96, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by going to gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Uh, guys, if we've exhausted the last topic, you know, um, um, guys, open up your mics if you don't mind, uh, just real quick. Um, I know that I just want you guys to... Um, to briefly and very, very briefly, because we still got some stories and I need to run that contest on the computer. So while these guys are doing that, all of our streamers type in. If you want to participate in the contest, your last chance to type in the word GALS, that's G-A-L-L-S, to be eligible for that free $50 GALS gift card. And uh, that said, um, Jimbo, um, mymedicare.live, can you just tell us sort of, and then uh, just uh, Jimmy, uh, Jamie, and then uh, Danny, just tell us uh, just briefly about how people can uh, find out, you know, more about what you do. Okay, so uh, I handle Medicare health insurance. Uh, that's for people 65 and over or people that have been disabled for two years or more. And you can reach me at 813-245-6656 or mymedicare.live and It'll, it will either be myself or one of the other 24 agents I have that work with me uh, to book an in-person appointment with you. Ah, perfect. All right. Thank you. And thanks for sponsoring the show. Appreciate it. Jamie. Criticalincidentreview.com. Um, we've got a uh, training component and an expert consulting service there. Uh, all of our contact information is there. You can reach myself or Danny King through criticalincidentreview.com or American Patrolman. 
Yeah, I think well, that's, your, that's just a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> so, Danny King, I uh, I concentrate on patrol officers. That's where I uh, spend most of my time. Jamie does the force investigation side. I spend a lot of time on the patrol side teaching guys about uh, force, unreasonable force, uh, and the realities of policing in uh, 2023. You can find me at uh, AmericanPatrolman.com. All right, perfect, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, so that said, I think it's time to, uh, to, you know, to do this contest, you know, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and, uh, do a screen share. So, uh, you know, we've, uh, we do this occasionally, I think once a month as we end up, you know, running these contests. So we've already done the phone in one. So, uh, let's, uh, let's do the next one here. So, uh, let me, uh, give me one second here. We got the giveaway. Here we go. So, guys, on that said, let's start and find out who our winner is going to be for the Gulls $50 gift card. A lot of guys enter the contest, apparently. And so for this month, for this week, it's between uh, a few guys. Uh, Michael Von Schlock in Colorado, I believe. That's MVS in Colorado. Um, congratulations, Mike, on the win. Uh, appreciate you entering the contest. So, wow got to watch that MBS guy in Colorado. So, hey, make sure that I have your uh, your email address. I know I have I can find it somewhere, but type it in for me if you don't mind uh, here on the stream so to make sure I can send you that gift card at the end of the show. So that said, um, I know that Jamie kind of hinted at the next time, but let me, I'm going to jump to a story with a video component. So let me just do that real quick at rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter. And this Is Butter is actually conversing with us on the stream right now. Police shoot and kill a man at College Area Apartment Complex. Body cam shows the man reaching for a gun. Man, just before this thing goes down, you actually see what's going on with the gun, the guy reaching for the gun. Um, it's a um, it's a decent video. And look, for already on podcast listeners, we're describing great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. San Diego police officer shot and killed a man, Xavier Benjamin LaCosta, uh, on Tuesday at College Area Apartment Complex after the man allegedly reached for a gun. I think after watching the video, there's not much allegedly in that. Uh, according to the investigators, the man whose name is LaCosta was one of two people in a Tesla that chased down another driver earlier this month in an alleged road rage incident that led to both guys uh, firing at the driver in Claremont. The other person is 33-year-old Benjamin Pickens, in, who was in the Tesla. He was later killed the same day during a confrontation with police at Mesa College that also led to the death of a police dog, canine, uh, unfortunately. So the shooting on Tuesday happened after officers received a call about 6.45 in the, in the evening that a suspect in the uh, Claremont incident was in an apartment. So police get there. They're going to serve a warrant for this guy's arrest, and they order him out of the apartment. So he opens up the door, and he complies, uh, but he's armed with a handgun. So officers tell him to drop the weapon, and he does drop it. But the guy keeps looking down at the gun, 
And our cop's got a, it looks like he's got an AR-15 and, and he's trained on this guy. And um, actually from the way it sounded when it fired, maybe it was an M-16. Uh, he refused to move away uh, from the gun. And at some point, while the cop's giving him orders, the guy quickly lunges to grab the gun off the ground. At that point, um, the officer open fires. Uh, it says multiple times. And my question to you guys, and Jim, I know you're former SWAT. Was that fully automatic or not? It was pretty close. The man ends up dying before uh, he could be taken to the hospital. And uh, and just for part of the story, the second guy who was in the Tesla later identified as Benjamin Pickens, who was 33 years old. He was found alone about a half an hour later, and he was the guy behind the wheel of the Tesla, drove away from the officers onto the Mesa College campus where he crashed into a divider, and that guy ran from the cops. They catch up to him, and a confrontation between him and police uh, went, um, I guess, happened. He ends up shooting a police dog that was running after him, both Pickens, the dog, and uh, the dog was a four-and-a-half-year-old uh, Belgian Malinos uh, they, uh, named Sir. He died as a result of the injury. So just uh, these are just bad guys all the way around. So they're, they're where they need to be. Uh, commentary on that uh, on that shooting, guys. Jimmy, uh, Jamie, you want to start us off? Yeah, so I'd be interested to know if um, it, what Jim's thought is on the, fact, on the, the question on whether or not that was a fully automatic or if it was a four four round press, two round press, what what's your thoughts on that, Jim? You know, when I watched it, I watched it multiple times, and I couldn't tell if there were other other officers, maybe next to him, behind him, because I, I was thrown off by the audio portion of it. So I, I don't, I definitely don't want to make a commitment on that answer because <laughs> I couldn't see from the video who's next to him who's behind him i only saw the video of of the person from the body cams you know angle where he did right. shoot of course but i don't know who else shot you know who, right. who else was looking for the day off you know and, and so yeah exactly and so another question for you real quick how many rounds were fired uh, i didn't count i mean i tried to watch i watched it multiple times trying to figure out the same thing myself was it full auto or was it semi-automatic and, and i wasn't focused on how many rounds but it was obviously enough yeah well, well I, so i suspect i suspect jamie knows the answer to that question well and and <laughs> the funny thing is chip is that i do and it's it's in an, it, it, a hindsight analytical view now the reason i asked that question is because that officer is going to get asked that question because the the uh, the allegation is going to be that the officer used excessive force because he fired seven rounds in in that time and in conducting an analysis on this and just a very surface analysis using audio and visual streams all seven rounds that i hear uh, or that are available to be heard in the video appear to be coming from that m4 and it's in in less than one second this officer fires seven rounds in, in fact it's nine 0.939 seconds now uh, one of the other things i want to bring up which is is this is something that kind of eludes folks from a standing position to having hand on the weapon is 0.233 seconds wow. it takes you three tenths of a second to blink your eye under normal circumstances that's how fast how quickly someone can move now when that officer is trained in on that suspect and he drops to grab that gun guess how long it takes the officer to respond nearly a half a second before the first round is fired he drops and gets his hand on the weapon in half the time it took the officer to perceive it fire a neuromuscular motor program to pull the trigger and then pull the trigger 
for all seven shots, the suspect is in view in the doorway. However, he is he is moved back and away from the weapon. But all of that is happening in well under a second. My entire timeline on this case at this point would be sub one second. That's the entire with with I'm telling you, there would be 15 to 20 different decision points in a time frame that lasted 0.939 seconds. And that's a very rough estimate in in worst case scenario. It's going to go out to one and a half seconds as the officer realizes what's happened because we're in constant catch up mode when something that consequential is happening regarding life and death. But I thought those were some very interesting factoids in this because it's not alleged that he touched that weapon. His hand was on that weapon at, at the moment that the officer perceived all of this. All right. Less than 10 seconds, Danny. Uh, Trying to apply logic to this. None of this makes any sense. None of it. People give up and fight at every point in the game. All right. You're absolutely right. Well, great. Yeah. Jamie, great analysis on that. Um, so M4, huh? It appears to be an M4, yeah. All right. See, that's why I like guys having smarter than me on the show. You know, they just kind of, you know, clean up the information, you know. Uh, and, and so I and 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 look, uh, Danny, I apologize that Jamie only left you with like two seconds to speak at the at the end of that. But, you know, um, but uh, yeah, I know. But uh, next show, you'll have access to his microphone. Hey, uh, we, we don't we don't have much time. But look, I do want to uh, give a shout out to the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. That's Lieutenant Randy Sutton's uh, 501c3 that helps cops out in the world of hurt, suffering from PTSD and all kinds of issues. So uh, check them out and consider supporting them. They will not embarrass you. The Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. Appreciate you gentlemen being on the show as well. Thanks to our sponsors, Motion DSP, Gulls, GlobalOrdinance.com, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, Bang Energy, and hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe weekend, guys. Thanks a lot.